Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 97.3 FM, 1450 AM WAOV. As it's time for our first guest, which is Nash Dunn. Of course, he's the, the big guy, the CEO at KCRC, but actually here talking about the first city music festival. It's coming up next week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness is right, Ed. We are getting absolutely excited. Uh, thrilled is probably a better word for it. And, uh, boy, we're down there working on the grounds already, trying to get everything um, set up and try to make sure, if nothing else, you know, getting a head start on it, that our volunteers won't be too slammed coming up to the event as well, so everybody gets to enjoy it. Well, you know what? We, we're, we put in a little rain to make things a little looser for yeah. the polls and stuff for you. It's helping you. Oh, hey, honestly, yeah, last year, um, <clears throat> last year everybody was walking around uh, joking about all of the black dust that's down in the French Commons, of course, from our wonderful Blackford Glass Factory that used to be down there. <laughs> uh, so we were kind of praying for rain a little bit. Uh, for sure, we needed to get that dust down. Uh, but, man, the French Commons are looking great here in Vincennes. We've had a team working on it. Um, all summer long um, and really excited just to get some people out there. We've made some more improvements to the grounds this year. Uh, we just got finished doing a $20,000 upgrade to the water lines there um, on the French Commons. They failed on us this summer. Um, and of course, Spirit of Vincennes and First City are uh, both just you know volunteer ran organizations. Um, so we did some fundraising. Um, had some um, uh, wonderful uh, contractors that were um, very easy to work with and made some donations to us this year. Um, and then we were actually able to expand our electricity down by the stage on the grounds this year. We were able to double what we have, uh, which is fantastic. And of course, you know, our hope uh, through this isn't obviously just to build First City Music Festival um, into a, you know, just keep growing every year, but also to um, uh, help the French Commons be a place where other things can be happening on those grounds. You, you know, know? I, I compare the French Commons to uh, what we have downtown at the uh, Farmer's Market. And sure. The Pavilion. Yep. Where it's becoming so versatile. Sure. Other, you, you welcome people to come here. Yeah, and, and 100%. Use it and use it. Now, forgive me, what year is this for the festival? Uh, so this is our fourth event. Um, it's our fifth year as an organization. Of course, 2020 bit everybody that year, but uh, this is our fourth. You tried. Uh, you year. tried. We did, man. I'll tell you what, we were ready to go, too. We did a, uh, that year we did a band competition at the Watermelon Festival in August with the chamber and whatnot. We were, we were ready, uh, but um, unfortunately, you know, things changed that year for sure. Uh, but yeah, this will be our fourth event, um, so we're really excited about that. And I should be clear, this is our first, uh, first or fourth event. First City Music Festival, uh, but of course, you know, we had also started a, um, a subcommittee uh, with some other friends that have been doing the Electric River Jam down there, um, and they've been uh, running three years strong down there now with that. So Okay, great. Yeah, great. yeah, really, uh, yeah, we're excited to get that going in June as well, so. Has it always been four days? Uh, no, sir, no, sir. So, um, yeah, First City Music Festival, our first year, uh, we were a two-day festival, um, then we worked in to uh, be a three-day festival that second year, and uh, last year we moved to become a four-day festival, and I'm stuck with that again this year. So we have <laughs> bands starting at 5 o'clock on Thursday night, um, September 28th, uh, and bands go till about uh, midnight each night, Thursday, Friday, and uh, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, bands start around 11.30 or noon, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and go the whole time. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited. Last year, we also joined, or, um, added a second stage, uh, what we call our tweener stage. So, um, in the downtime on the main stage between the big bands, uh, uh, we have um, some smaller acts playing on the side stage. I say that. Actually, some of our um, main stage bands will be playing smaller sets on the side stage this year as well. So, we have 25 bands coming this year. Um, to First City Music Festival, we're really excited to be bringing, um, and we're trying something new this year. With uh, we've hired on a lady named Allie Crow, who is our artist at large this year. So she's going to be coming. She's a fiddle player, formerly of Yonder Mountain String Band, who is a uh, pretty well-known bluegrass group. Um, and she's going to be coming down uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to pick with all the bands throughout the weekend for us. Um, so we're really blessed to have her and, and excited to try that out this year. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, tweener. It's a tweener group. <laughs> yeah, the tweener stage. Yeah, yeah. It works well. Works well. People really enjoyed it last year. So really, in essence, on the grounds, there's always music being played. Yep, starting Thursday night at, uh, what is it, 5 o'clock. Yep, and yeah. it will be there Yep, every night until about midnight, 1 a.m. Uh, and then the really fun part, and where a lot of the magic happens at a festival like First City Music Festival where we have camping and whatnot all weekend, is after that main stage um, 
uh, is finished at the end of the night, that's when all the bands and all of the um, campers and people who have come in for the weekend bring their instruments out and get around the big communal fire. And that's where the jams happen all night long. Um, and so that's, I mean, something personally I force myself to stay awake for. Because, uh, you know, normally 9 o'clock or so uh, is about my time anymore. But uh, I make myself stay up uh, for that weekend mm -hmm. to hang around the fire late night. Because really, uh, that's, that's really where the magic can happen. Is that's where you see all of your favorite artists that have been playing on the main stage all week. Um, you know, really break out into smaller little groups and just start really having a good time. And that's where that uh, magic of music really, really starts happening. <laughs> yeah. I can picture Andy Griffith and the Darlings. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too far off. It's not too far off. That's right. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> you know what? And, and this is what's really different is we all have our favorite genres of music. Sure. Me, it's all, I'm, I'm all over the spectrum. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, I never dreamed of liking bluegrass <laughs> until sure. yours truly met Alison Krauss. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think I've told wonderful. you that. And, 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 you know, her and Union Station. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm blown away. Yeah. I mean, she's got a great voice. Sure. Great voice. But it was not so much the voice. It was just the music that went with it. Yep. And I, and I think that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's all Southern. But really, there is some really good bluegrass music. Oh, for sure. And, and really, a lot of the... Um, uh, bands that we have, if you tell a bluegrass traditionalist uh, that we're having a bluegrass festival, they'll laugh at us because uh, the bands that we have um, uh, predominantly are not traditional bluegrass bands. They're what they refer to as new grass or jam grass. I mean, it's really just today's version of bluegrass. Um, so it's, it's certainly not the um, just the traditional old gospel scene, uh, but man, I mean, my wife and I play a lot of those traditional gospel songs with the Fun Duns and uh, really enjoy those. But there's definitely something special, I think, about um, roots music in general. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, it really just kind of speaks to um, uh, the human experience of Americans. I feel like there's something that's um, inside of all those little songs that, um, you know, have been carried around this country for a long, long time. And there's something really magical, I think, that happens um, you know, with um, songs that are hundreds of years old that have been passed down in the true folk tradition, uh, passing music down and the stories from generation to generation. And that's one of our favorite parts about uh, bluegrass and roots music is the family atmosphere that it brings and that tradition of community and passing down um, our heritage, um, you know, from one generation to the next. And obviously we feel like that speaks a lot to our historical community here in Vincennes. Um, and so, yeah, we're um, really, really glad to be bringing this type of music to Vincennes and feel like it's a wonderful family affair. Right. And I think also it's so universal. Sure. I mean, and, and I'm looking at your groups and I really don't know a lot of them. Sure. Because I'm not really following that yeah, circuit. Yeah. I but, get it. <clears throat> but I'm interested to find out where they're from. Yeah, so, uh, man, they are from, boy, I, I was, I'd say all over the country, but we actually have a Canadian coming down this year, too, Benjamin Dakota Rogers. Um, uh, he plays the tenor guitar, which is what I play in the Fun Duns as well. Um, Bill and Jillian Nershi with Jason Hahn, they're um, uh, some of our headliners this year. And <clears throat> Bill Nershi um, and Jason Hahn are from the jam band String Cheese Incident, um, who's been around really since, like, the 90s. He's the lead singer and guitar player for String Cheese Incident. Um, who's on a little break, so we're really excited to have them. And Sam Grisman Project, he's another one of our headliners. Um, he's the son of a uh, Bluegrass Hall of Famer named David Grisman. Um, and David Grisman um, had a lot of different musical projects with Jerry Garcia. Um, and so um, he really helped kind of bring bluegrass to a new audience um, uh, through those deadheads and really just, you know, uh, rock and roll fans in general. Um, and so Sam Grisman Project celebrates the music of uh, Jerry Garcia and David Grisman. So we're really excited to have them as well. But really, our artists come from all over the country and really as far away as, uh, as Canada as well. So, uh, yeah, excited to be bringing a lot of uh, really world-class talent in. I mean, some of our bands... Um, can't play until Sunday uh, because they uh, have been invited to be at the um, International Bluegrass Music Awards, um, the IBMAs over in North Carolina that same weekend. Um, so really, we have a lot of um, like really, really up-and-coming acts um, that are really pushing their careers forward and excited to be bringing them to our small community of incense. Okay, let's take a break, and uh, we'll have more of Nash after this on WAOV. 
Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here. 97.7, 1450 AM, WAOV in Vincennes, and 97.3 in Washington. Nash, our guest, First City Music Festival coming up actually next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All right, where can I get tickets? Yes, sir. So you can get tickets online at uh, www.firstcitymusicfestival.com. Tickets are um, currently $100 for the weekend pass, uh, $50 a day pass. Um, and those will be going up actually this weekend. Uh, so it'll be gate pre- uh, prices starting Saturday. Um, so those will be going up to $120 for the weekend. However, we have a local yokel sale we've been running all year. Um, and so at Happy Hippie um, and Record Seller, and I might push you to Record Seller because word I got last night was that Happy Hippie had sold out of weekend passes. But at Happy Hippie and Record Seller, um, our local yokel special, we have $80 weekend passes and $35 day passes. Um, again, available at Record Seller and Happy Hippie. So if you're a local, we hope that you go support our local businesses, Record Seller and Happy Hippie, um, and you'll get the cheapest First City Music Festival tickets you can find anywhere um, in those stores um, up until Saturday of this week. We'll be pulling them uh, from Saturday. Of course, we have... um, uh, camping passes as well, uh, $45 for a tent, $55 for an RV, um, and it's worth mentioning that Thursday is actually the cheapest date um, I feel like we have. Thursday is just a $10 admission fee. Um, so Thursday night, the bands start at 5 o'clock um, and go till about 11.30 p.m., uh, where we'll start that late night jamming after that. Uh, but Thursday is only $10 to walk in. And again, you can get those tickets at um, Happy Hippie or Record Seller uh, for the cheapest prices, or certainly go online to First City Music Festival. Festival.com um, and get hooked up online there. Wow. All right. I like it. Do you find more people going online though? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, the ticket sales online are, um, you know, it's kind of a trickle it's a standard, all year long. It's a standard now. It is. It is. Uh, but we wanted to make sure, you know, it's not lost on us. We go to a lot of festivals and concerts and it's not lost on us that all those fees for you know, on tap tickets or event bride or whoever start to add up. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we had a, um, what we, yeah, what we're calling our local yokel discount uh, and making sure that, again, if anybody's coming into our community to support our local businesses, if anybody lives here, we wanted to make sure that they had a, a very affordable option here in town. Um, and so, again, they can get those at Happy Hippie or Record Seller uh, for the discounted price through Thursday or through Friday. So, one more day to grab those tickets like it <laughs> yes sir yes sir Man, yeah. yeah we it's big push time for sure it's a big push uh, okay we talked about the acts how yes, hard is it to book these acts um well let me say this year um uh first city music festival we just keep growing up i'll say um and so this year was the first year we actually um hired a booking agent for us um so we had obviously gotten to know some of the people in this industry pretty well um, and we got hooked on with a booking agent um, who we found was able to get bands a whole lot cheaper than us uh, because if nothing else um, he knows the logistics the background of where these guys are going where they're going to be and how to get them at better prices so um yeah we've actually hooked up uh with a, an agent, um, uh, well, I forget the name of the company that he works for. It doesn't really matter, uh, but he's doing <laughs> our buying for us, uh, which is great. So that what that allows um, us to do on the back end is, of course, focus on the grounds, focus on the event itself, and then just be able to dream up all of our favorite bands that we want and let him figure out the rest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you think five years ago it be you would be where you're at now? No, sir. On, honestly. No, sir. No, I didn't think so. I, no, sir. I remember uh. our early conversations. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of things in life, folks, but I remember our early conversations on this, and I remember you said it just didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah, You had to yeah. try. You had to try. Definitely we wanted to try. I mean, you know, this is an event that started out at uh, my friend Jeff Deckard's uh, garage Gra- years ago, um, and then it grew out of his garage into his barn, and then finally his wife said, it's outgrown our house. Uh, <laughs> And so that was whenever we moved it um, into town in 2019. Um, and really, we had no idea where this was going to go. And we're so blessed, even beyond the music festival, and to be bringing that to 
our community. You know, we also, of course, um, started the Evan Twitty Music and Art Scholarship. Um, and remember, it's our good friend, Evan. Um, and so the first year we gave that scholarship out, we were able to give one scholarship out uh, to a local youth going to study music and arts here in Indiana. Um, and this past year, we were able to give out two of those scholarships. So we're going to keep growing um, um, in our um, give back to the community for sure and, and are really excited uh, to see what's happening. You know, we also did this year a, um, um, a music event down at the Pantheon uh, last month and we invited all of our sponsors as kind of a thank you to them. Um, and it was an amazing thing to do. We partnered up with the Pantheon and we're able to rent the space out um, and we had what I believe is the first concert that was on the stage. Not mm -hmm. I, I know that there have been bands play upstairs, but uh, first concert back on the stage since, I think, 1961. Um, mm -hmm. And so really, we're really excited just to um, keep growing in this community, keep lighting that fire for everybody, um, and, and hopeful, uh, you know, that obviously that fire will um, continue to grow even outside of First City Music Festival. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's obviously growing, no doubt about it. Look yes, at the sir. look at the bands, yeah. but also I notice it grows because you keep adding more things to do. I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, you really are conscious of kids. Oh, got to keep because a lot of families come. Oh man, yeah, I yeah. Mean, kids twelve and under are free at First City. Have been since day one, and will continue to be. Um, and yeah, this year we're contracting with a group called Joyful Bubbles that'll be there all weekend for us uh, with kids activities. And of course, we're doing Saturdays our big kids activity day from 12 to 5 so we have uh, we actually even have people coming in to do workshops with the kids this year anything from hula hooping to painting tie-dying workshops with the kids um, and, and and again uh, part of the atmosphere at First City Music Festival is there's so many people that bring instruments and so all weekend long it's I mean you can't walk around the grounds and not find a jam happening somewhere and so often uh, there are kids involved in those jams because again part of the joy of roots music and American folk music is that tradition of passing it on from generation to generation so definitely supportive of the families um, and excited to see all the kiddos out there for sure good good I mean it's uh, you got a lot of families bring them they're traveling oh, yeah. and yep. why not you yeah know? it's a blast and and really you know the French Commons unlike um, a lot of the festivals that certainly I've been to the grounds are relatively small everything's close um, and you know our event is not you know thousands of people um, so and and it tends to be a um, uh, really a community feel and so it's the kind of place where you know, you bring your kiddos and let them go run around all day because there's pretty much not anywhere they can go where you can't see them. Everybody's watching out for the kids, and there's literally stuff happening for them every, in every corner of those grounds. So, uh, yeah, hoping everybody brings their kiddos out. Because, um, again, if nothing else, they're the cheapest date in town. They're free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, will there be food on the grounds? I can't remember. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We had some struggles with our uh, food vendors last year. But, yeah, we uh, we got um, some new people on board. Um, and are yeah, excited to be bringing a really a wide variety um, of uh, vendors. So we'll have some vendors come in that are nothing but traveling festival vendors. And then we also have some local vendors that will be there representing as well. So okay. glad to have a good mix. Yeah. I mean, food trucks are big, so I didn't know. Yeah, uh, food had... trucks are big. Food <laughs> trucks are big. Now, I will say uh, we're not doing a bar again this year. Um, right. um, and so last year was the first year that we tried that. Of course, everybody is most everybody that's attending the event is camping um, and so we don't expect people to not come in with coolers we 100 percent um, are okay with that i uh, want to make sure everybody has what they need to be comfortable the whole weekend uh, but there won't be a bar on site um, so um, you know everybody needs to kind of take care of that for themselves uh, hey there's plenty of stores in there Virginia, are so. there are and i'll tell you what um speaking of that i mean the um uh what is it the um uh, Marriott over on Willow Street. Apparently, they are sold out um, already. Um, they've been sold out for a couple weeks over there. Um, so, if you're looking for a room for First City Music Festival, unfortunately, you won't be able to go right across the grounds because, uh, yeah, um, apparently, a business as well um, <laughs> coming with First City Music Festival. So, um, and we do some coaching. It's funny. Um, there are some other businesses that are really close to the grounds there that um, have reached out to us in the past couple years and said, "Hey, you know, when is your event, and what all do you want us to stock up on?" Because these people coming by weird stuff uh, right. and it's no, because they're no. camping right they're buying sure. bread and milk and uh yeah all that kind of sure, stuff and sure. buying out cash and dash so uh yeah we're excited to be bringing obviously new people to the community to uh, spend their dollars here and help support our local businesses okay um uh, parking is at purdue 
Yeah, parking is at Purdue Grounds. I guess uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things we're doing differently this year, um, you know, uh, if you come to First City Music Festival or Electric River Jam or Spirit of, Vin or, yeah, Spirit of Vincent's Rendezvous, typically we have cars drive in from Willow Street there uh, right across from 4th Street, um, and they drive down that lane um, to enter that way. We're going to do things differently this year, and so all of our traffic will need to go down South 6th Street um, and hit Purdue Road um, off of South 6th Street. They will then come in around the parking area, and hit parking before they actually come to our gate. Uh, we are hoping that that uh, helps with the flow of traffic a little bit. Um, and so uh, and we'll have signs posted for all that for sure. But yeah, parking will be back on the Purdue grounds again this year um, and camping uh, on the French Commons. Wow. Gosh, you covered a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there going to be a schedule of who is performing when? Sure. I mean, I mean, you brought me a list of who's performing. Yeah. But, but I mean, as far as the schedule of... Is, there, is it going to be on the website? Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. We have our daily lineups um, both on Facebook, Instagram, as well as our um, as well as on our website. So anybody can check that out, firstcitymusicfestival.com, or obviously find us on uh, Instagram or Facebook through First City Music Festival. And we have our daily schedules put out for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing that's not included on those schedules is our side stage, uh, but just keep in mind that they just play between the larger bands. So, uh, yeah, everybody can find that information online. And if anybody has questions, they can certainly reach out to me personally. They can message us on Facebook, Instagram, um, or shoot us an email at firstcitymusicfestival at gmail.com, and we're happy to help. Nash, wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, okay. Ed. I appreciate your time. Okay, and got my fingers crossed for good weather. Yes, sir. Looking forward to <laughs> it. All righty. Stay tuned. More of the Morning Chat coming up on WAOV. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV in Vincennes, and also 97.3 FM in Washington. And Pratt from the Red Scout Museum of American Comedy, our guest is saying good morning. Good morning. Wow. The four million dollar smile. <laughs> I know, right? That was a that was a long time coming. We worked on that for a couple of years with Mrs. Skelton and with the university, with plans and ideas and hopes, and I think it's finally going to happen. You know, um, so yeah. yeah. Let me first of all say congratulations. Thank you. I mean, Thank you. I mean, talking with you over the years, and I use the word years. I know, <laughs> I mean, right? Okay, yeah. But. I knew this is a phase that you really wanted to get to. I mean, this is really where you wanted to make sure you went because that's what Red wanted. That's what Lothian wanted. Right. I mean, we're really to the focus, you know, a place where we can focus on his art and um, just give us a little more expansion to do more with continuing our mission with um, American comedy, with being able to have the space to bring in exhibits from other comedians and things like that. And so this is really going to open other avenues for us as an institution by having this additional space. What turned the tide to get this money? I mean, honestly, I, I think Mrs. Skelton getting older, like looking at her own mortality and knowing that she wanted this to be her legacy and wanted this to be Red's legacy. And I think that um, she's like, you know what, if I don't do this, it may not happen. And so I think that was just kind of like, because she just randomly, I mean, it was off, it was on, if it was off, it was on. And then she just randomly called me one day. She's like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. <laughs> so once so she made that decision... Take me through the next step. Um, the, well, as you know, talking to the university, they had, you know, we had drafted a gift letter in previous times, you know, because you have to have an official letter of, um, because the money, you know, sort of comes in stages throughout the building process and, and it's just getting a gift letter and then on the phones with her accountants and her financial advisors and the university foundation. And it's just getting a lot of people together kind of on the same page with the same language you know, in, in the gift agreement and, um, and getting it all signed and sealed and delivered, basically, mm -hmm. you know. So it was just a couple of weeks of that sort of thing until it finally got all signed. And then, uh, yeah, and then making, making the plans because now we're going to have a ceremonial groundbreaking in October. Mrs. Skelton will be here um, mid-October. And uh, we're going to go first over to Pigeon Forge and see Brian Hoffman's new theater here. Not his new theater, but his theater, his Red Skelton Tribute Theater. He is 
um, going to be installing an exhibit that we had up this summer, the 100 Years of Comedy, he's going to install in his theater in Pigeon Forge. How and, cool is that? Right? Yeah, so I just shipped that all out to him this week, and he's getting it ready. And then when Mrs. Skelton is out there, we're going to um, kind of open the exhibit with her cutting the ribbon on the new exhibit and be out there for one of his shows and, you know, and talking about the expansion of the museum and everything. So he has such a big fan base out there who are, of course, Red Skelton fans. So we're very interconnected between Brian Hoffman and Pigeon Forge and the Red Skelton Museum here. So it's it's really a nice partnership in a way. But then she'll come back here on um, Monday. We'll be doing the ceremonial groundbreaking at 1 p.m. outside the museum. And then that will be followed by a reception indoors in the foyer because it actually happens to be Mrs. Skelton's birthday that day. So we're going to have a little birthday party for her at the reception after the groundbreaking. And um, that will be followed with a comedy showcase on Tuesday. She'll get to be the judge for that. We've got six comedians coming in doing their their thing at the Red Skelton stage. And then on Wednesday is actually the final unveiling of the mural on the Red Skelton stage at the Pantheon. So it's just a whole day of, or a whole week, basically, of really good, fun stuff for the museum that, that Mrs. Skelton will get to be part of. Okay. It's, it's exciting. It is exciting. I mean, I mean, it, it's great, you know, to see it come you know, come along to, to this point, you know, like, like, uh, obviously I was there with the museum before this part now was built, you know, it was just still, a you know, a shell actually when I started and getting the, the museum funded for inside and then just continuing over the past 10 years. And it's just, it's been a good, it's been a good run. It's been great. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm excited for you. I mean, and I'm, I'm excited for Lothian. I mean, that's... I'm excited for her, too. It I means mean, a lot she, to her. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is hard. Um, you know, she's always lived in California. And to, to commit that much money, you know, from the Skelton Estate to something so far away, you know, mm-hmm. whether even though it is in, in her husband's memory and legacy, it, it's still, I think, you know, You got to think this is one of her second or third homes. Now, you know what I mean? Many, I know. You know I was talking about that the other day with someone. It, it really is. You know, it's just been really fun to see her trajectory from when she first came here in 20... I first met her in 2013 when she came for the grand opening. And, you know, she was shy and kind of reserved and someone had to be standing with her at all times. She didn't like to talk to anybody really and and never would do, like, interviews. And now she'll come on the radio. She'll be on TV. She'll, you know, go out to people's houses and have little parties. And, you know, she's just so comfortable. I couldn't get her, during that, I could get her eyes doing the remote from the gazebo. Okay? I couldn't get her out there to talk. No, I no. Mean, I mean, Dr. She Summers, really wouldn't, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. She was very shy. And, yeah. and, you know, I remember when she would sit in chairs just for people to greet her, you had to stand right by her because oh. she was so afraid someone would, you know, push her over because she's a small person. But um, now she's just right out there, you know, walking and talking and going to the farmer's market and all oh. the restaurants in town. And oh. she just loves it here. She loves it here. And she calls it her Vincent's friends. And, you know, she loves well, it. We love her on this, coming up here because... Boy, she keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to pay attention. That's right. Yeah, That's I mean, right. Wonderful. Well, hopefully when she's here, I think it's our radio time next time, right before uh, we go We'll back. find a time. So we'll, we'll figure out a way to get her in oh, here. Oh, absolutely. She's more than welcome. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, that uh, is the date set in stone, or is that what you're looking at right now? For it's what? For the uh, groundbreaking. Set in stone. It is, okay. It's ceremonial. So that's not like there's going to be a bulldozer in the wings, but we're going to have our shovels and our, and our hard hats. And it's a ceremonial groundbreaking, you know, because everything was signed and, and, uh, you know, just the timing of, of when she was coming and everything. We're like, you know what, let's do a ceremonial groundbreaking. You know, of course, when something is built on, you know, state university property, there's a lot of channels with, with bids and, you know, approvals and this and that, that right. they're still going through the process for all those things to happen before the actual groundbreaking but um, will happen, which, you know, I'm not sure when that'll be. I'm hoping spring at least that we'll get started on that. But um, is there a, is there a date that you like to see this up and running by? Well, yeah, yesterday, you know. Uh, I, no. And you're a tough woman to please, I tell you. No, I know, 
but no, you know, obviously we'll take what we can get. Um, you know, it's just the sooner the better because then we can just start planning. I'm sure Mark's already writing stuff down. What's going in there? And right, oh, I mean, right. You know, well, there's we have a whole big, you know, load of paintings and storage that we haven't even really gotten to bring out and look at yet because we don't have space for them. So that's one of the nice things about the new facility. It's going to double our archive space. <laughs> so one entire archive will be dedicated to his artwork. Yeah. Um, which will really be nice to be able to have it all organized because now it's very, very crowded in our because archives. The first time Lothian and I met her coming up here talking is I could tell I want to talk about Red's entertainment. I want to talk about Red's who he knew and stuff. Mm -hmm. But she sparked up when we talked about his art. That's really her passion. You know, that is the era in which she was with Red. I mean, they married in 1973. He had already been off his television show for two years. He was really focusing on his painting. He was focusing on his stand-up, traveling around the country. And that's the Red she knew, was Red the artist. And so for her, that is the really, um, you know, important part of his career as far as she's concerned. And so this is this is a very, very fitting legacy for, for her. Okay. Let's... Um... Let's talk about just kind of looking at what this, how it will impact the museum. As far as when you add something like this, are you hoping to add more people to come in and see? Is that well, even, it's interesting because anytime you add something new, you're going to automatically drive drive tourism and drive traffic because just the announcement of this, we had so many people that came to visit the museum um, and, you know, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so exciting. So I think just the newness of it will bring people there. But also it will, you know, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, give us the opportunity to bring in other exhibits from from other museums. Like the World War National World War II Museum in New Orleans has a um, Bob Hope exhibit. And it's a very large exhibit, and we don't have the space now to put something like that. So, of course, the the space will be mainly focused on the artwork, but it will have some floor space to bring in some other exhibits from time to time, which I think will help us a lot. It also has rest. We'll have restrooms. Um, it'll have a, a prep kitchen so that we could do events in there. You know, we could have you know, artist talks, you know, gallery openings, things like that we'll be able to do. So I just think it's going to give us a lot more opportunities. Okay. All right, let's move on. What's coming up? Coming up. Well, after the October things, um, you know, we are wrapping up our first film series, Oscar Laughs. We'll wrap up October 3rd. But um, beginning the fourth Thursday, or the fourth Tuesday in October, we'll start our second film series. And this one's called Ha Ha Films, and it's comedy duos. So, um, you know, think Laurel and Hardy, um, Bob Hope, and I'm not going to be able to name them all, but Amy Poehler and, and Tina Fey are some, are some of the women at the end. And um, gosh, I can't think who they all are. I'd have to, I didn't bring the poster with me. But we, if you go, um, we're getting ready to launch a new website and they're all going to be up there on the website. Just got the posters printed. But they're all famous comedy film duos. Again, we're doing the thing where we start with older films and work our way up through the decades to the newer films. But it's really just a great new new thing. And of course, it's we did find a sponsor. Um, Nancy uh, Hensel is sponsoring the film series this time, so we're still able to offer it free and also have popcorn and soda every uh, every month with our film. So that's starting in October. And then in December, we have our Christmas show on Thursday, December 14th. It's a Beatles Christmas extravaganza. So we have a Beatles tribute band that'll be performing as well as some other Beatles surprises that will be there that evening. Are tickets too. on sale for that yet? Not yet. The 1st of October is the plan to get those up on Eventbrite and get them on sale. So very soon people will be able to go on and get their tickets to the the Beatles Christmas extravaganza. Okay. What was this based out of? I mean, it's Chicago. Is it, okay. Is, okay. Mm -hmm. They're about, these guys are based out of Chicago. Okay. Have you seen them before? Um, no, I have not. I have not. I have not seen the tribute band. I know some of the people who are involved in this, you know, that I've met them through other venues. So I'm excited. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be unexpected, I think, but it'll be good. Now that it's a Beatles Christmas, is it going to be just straight Christmas music? or No, or it'll it... be mainly Beatles music. A little, little bit of Christmas, kind of like the ABBA thing. Ah, gotcha. You know, mainly ABBA, but a little bit of Christmas here and there, and Christmas-themed. Mm -hmm. But um, this, will, this will have like a, a comedy aspect to it. 
um, and some other things. So I think you kind of want to, I don't want to give it away, I guess. How I can want, you give it away? It's the Beatles. <laughs> Everybody knows the Beatles. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be good. Yeah. We used to play a game years ago, Ann, where we would challenge each other, name a Beatles song, and you just keep going back and forth, back and forth. I would lose. Uh, I would yeah. lose so fast. Oh, my. <laughs> but you not, would not believe all the songs. Oh, I'm I sure. I know, my goodness. I'm sure. You know, but anyway... That's great. That's great. I didn't even know that was coming up. Have we talked yeah. about that before? Probably briefly. Okay. Because it's been in the works since like I don't do brief- April. Hey, you know, <laughs> I don't do briefly well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but anyway. you know, we're but it's but we're getting ready to go on sale with the tickets, and um, you know, we've had really because we, we had the Beatles versus Stones a couple of years ago, and that was really a big hit. We had the the ABBA tribute band last year so i'm hopeful that this will be a, a big success as well and these guys take it serious i'm sure i mean they do i yeah. mean you know if you're going to impersonate the greatest group of all time you better do a good job right right okay yes. all right last coming up in december now one of the things i always like is the way you um the museum way it's decorated in christmas and stuff mm-hmm. okay right now is it a fall look or? it is fall right we had some stuff up for homecoming of course um last week but then now it's basically and we had you know the old letter jackets and the megaphones and stuff Uh like that but now it's mainly all just fall stuff um so looking good in there (laughs) and then it's christmas next or do you do a thanksgiving or do you we leave the fall up until about the week before thanksgiving and then we switch it to christmas that week before thanksgiving you can't be switching all the time that would be impossible no yeah and i mean the fall thanksgiving thing's kind of the same you know leaves pumpkins all that so yeah now that we actually uh hit uh fall on saturday uh do we expect to see uh some of the late travelers coming in and visiting the museum. You know, we've really gotten a lot of tours just in the last couple of weeks. We've got two tours in September and four or five in October that we've just booked fairly recently. So it's just, it's a time when those bus tours, it's not so hot, you know, and that's just people, um, you know, they're out there looking at the leaves while they're traveling, things like that. So fall is actually a really good time for some of those bus tours, as well as that usually means the individual travelers are out as well. Um, it's still been pretty warm, so we haven't seen a big bump yet in, mm. in traffic, but I think as we reach the end of September and most of October, we'll see a bump in attendance. Well, a lot of people like to take the last, you know, the, the fall Before trip. Before they worry about snow, snow cold, yeah, yeah, or let's get out, you. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I... Definitely I, a good time of year for us. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy going places in Me the too. fall. I yep. mean, it's just, you know, the scenery and stuff, so... Uh, but anyway, I was just curious about that. And you guys, really though, I mean... Seems like you've rebounded from COVID really well. We have. We have. It's been good. And, and you know, we just keep you know, looking at new ideas, looking at new ways, and just having this new expansion kind of on the horizon is just one more thing to look forward to. So when do you think. when you do your membership drive? We do it in the spring. Usually it goes out in February. Okay. All right. Yep. So a little time before that then. A little time before that. Usually I'll do like one last push kind of at the end of the year because there's some people that just like to make end of year donations. I used to do the membership drive at the end of the year, but I felt like everyone was kind of inundated at that point. But I'll usually do one last push via our email newsletter like, hey, in case you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's September 21st and I'm going to hit Ann with the first thing is... When can we start to get our Christmas shopping done at the museum? Anytime you want. Anytime you want. We've got, well, the great thing is we've got two different Red Skelton ornaments. um, And then we also have all of the bronze ornaments that they used to sell at Jewelcraft of all the historic sites around Vincennes, like George Rogers Clark and Grouseland and Mariah Creek. The Good Samaritan Hospital, St. Rose, they're uh-huh. all made into these little bronze filigree ornaments. Right. And we um, bought those from Jewel Craft, so now we sell those at the museum. So those are always really popular at Christmas. And, of course, we have Red Skelton Christmas cards and, and just all kinds of fun little memorabilia for the Red Skelton fan in your life. <laughs> well, of course, the big news, if you're just tuning in, we talked about it earlier, was the uh, uh, now we got the money for the expansion and... Uh, it's going to be art, and uh, we gonna, is it going to have a name, or is it just going to be part of the museum? It's the, um, or is it going to be just an addition, or no? Is it? It's it's going to have a name, and it is the Lothian and Red Skelton Gallery of Fine Art. Okay, don't want to mess that okay. up. But yes, Lothian and Red Skelton Gallery of Fine Art, and it will have its own. It will have a separate entrance, even though you enter it through the museum. It will have a separate entrance, so the museum can be. 
blocked off if there's like a separate event there or something like that happens have a little courtyard in front of it uh, mrs skelton red loved uh Jap japanese culture and she's got some japanese statuary that she's going to send that will be um in the garden outside and there's just some really cool opportunities that we're going to have with it right and i think that if anything on this uh the foresight when they put in the museum knowing that we can expand we have enough land i mean you know they thought about right that. i don't know if they did or not but but it certainly is working out well that that big chunk of grass is there okay well, I, I thought it was there because and, and it you know who knows but i do think you know the museum changed like so many things changed as they were going through the initial planning from the early 2000s up until 2013 when we opened you know a lot of things it was just going to be in the hallway of the performing arts center you know just several display cases i don't think anybody realized the scope of artifacts that Mrs. Skelton still had, that Red had kept. You know, people thought, oh, there might be, you know, this or that, a few things, but there was just so much that, and especially of the artwork, that I think it's just been one of those you recognize as time goes on, like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. All right. We need to find a way to display it, so. All right, exciting stuff. It exciting is. Exciting things ahead, aren't they? Yes. Well, appreciate you coming in, and as always, and we'll look forward to talking to you next month. Thank you. All right, stay tuned, more of the morning chat coming up on WAOV. Within the last half hour, there's a good chance you were on your smartphone. Or there's a good chance you were on your laptop, tablet, or desktop searching the internet for some much-needed information. As a business owner or manager, you've got products and services and you need to reach new customers. We can help. TOC Direct Digital can help build you a custom digital campaign. Just email digital at originalcompany.com. That's digital at originalcompany.com. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.7 FM. Also, 1450 AM, WAOV of Vincennes, 97.3 FM in Washington. Denise Swank, our guest from Casa. Good morning. Good morning, Ed, and good morning, listeners. Okay, so, wow, Denise came in and says, I've got a lot to talk about today. You know what? And that's good to hear. Yeah, okay. we've been busy over across the street at the Knox County Casa, Court Appointed Special Advocate Office. So You're really not far from us. No, I just walked across the street. There you go. All right. All right. So, um, you know, like a lot of places, Denise, I mean, people we're looking for employees. Okay, and you're no exception, right? That's right. We're no exception to that. Uh, you know, at our office, we, you know, have been blessed with the employees that have been in our office, and they continue to be a support in one way or another to our office. If they've moved on, it's... Um, <laughs> believe it or not, they're still connected some way, um, be it that they work for DCS, the Department of Child Services, or <laughs> the last one uh, works for the judge. Mm -hmm. And I work for the judge. Okay. <laughs> uh, judge snagged her, and she's now the Family um, Recovery Court Coordinator. Um, and that would be... Um, Jeannie Porter. So, you know, she's still connected to CASA. So, and she's still advocating for some kiddos. So we're still so blessed um, to have those staff still, you know, actively working with the kids in one capacity or another. But it does, uh, you know, open up some positions within our office. So we currently do have open positions at Knox County CASA, one being a full-time staff advocate. And a staff advocate is a person that has a caseload of children instead of like a volunteer that ha serves one family. Um, this particular role would be a paid person who would serve children that are placed outside of Knox County. So we have children that are placed, you know, as far out as Lake County, up at the top of the state, or, you know, Evansville, you know, so there's a driving distance. And we do give our volunteers here in Knox County, you know, the kids that are placed here and around Knox County. So the staff advocate would be a person that could drive, we would pay them for their travel and pay them for their time to serve a caseload of children. So they may have four or five um, cases, more than that, you know, but it wouldn't be over 
a period of time that they would add cases to their caseload. So we are looking to uh, fill that staff advocate role, role within our office. So if you're interested in that, please uh, go to our website and um, apply at knoxcountycasa.com. And that's certainly a way you can also apply to become a volunteer if you just want to serve that one child because we have a wait list right now. And that wait list has gone up due to our staff advocate uh, moving on to go work for the judge in that capacity. So those kids had to go back to the wait list. Um, and so we're in desperate need of volunteers right now. So we have 42 kids on our wait list. And I know that makes you perk up, Ed. Yeah, well, you have I mean, not heard me use those numbers that high in quite a no, long time. Really, you don't want, and I want to say, gosh, I'm disappointed, but that's not the word. It's not, that's not the word. The word is why, what is happening to get so many on that? And then it's not like that you don't have the volunteers take care of them. That's a high number to begin with for other reasons. Well, that is the impact of a VOCA grant, the Victims of Crime Act grant. Whenever we got that grant, I could hire paid staff advocates to serve these caseloads of children. And whenever we do that, it made a huge impact on our cases. You know, before that, we had 105 children on our wait list. And whenever we first got that grant back in 2019, mm -hmm. and immediately, we hired these paid staff to serve these children in addition to our volunteers because we are a volunteer-based program and we want to continue to train volunteers to serve these children. But the impact of that grant has been just huge in serving multiple children. And so, yes, whenever uh, Jeannie came off of the cases, those kids had to go back on the wait list temporarily. And hopefully I this see. will be temporarily because we'll fill this role and then these children will have another advocate. And the thing about CASA is we really do advocate to um, have that one person that stays on the case. But, you know, sometimes there's things like this that happen that's out of our control where, you know, a staff moves on to a different position and then they have to get a different CASA. But we make that transition smooth and seamless for them. You know, we will introduce that new volunteer to them and they will have time to bond and learn, you know, one another and get to know one another throughout the rest of the life of that case. So hopefully we'll be able to fill that position quite um real soon and um you know be able to sign those cases to the new volunteer or staff member yeah i guess what i was looking at from another angle was has crime gone up so much that these numbers shot up but i mean that was my first impact like wait a minute what but now that you explained it much you know i understand it much better yeah now. yeah they they were being served but just by a staff member and now we we need to fill positions within our office. Okay. This grant, how long is it good for? Um, it's a two-year grant, and so it will go to the end of uh, 2024. Oh, okay. Yes, and then we, are, we will start writing the new grant here within the next month, and so it'll be for the next two years going okay. forward. Okay, so that's why you need people. I mean, because mm -hmm. these numbers have shot up. Yes. Okay. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's ever evolving the numbers go up they go down but there's just always a child in need of a voice in our in the courtroom and to have that voice is just just is a huge impact on that child's life in going forward and getting permanency the child needs permanency they don't need to remain in the court system um, and that is our job as CASA to be that voice and be the eyes and the ears of the judge. When you, uh, I guess, as you move forward trying to find these people, um, how do you go about getting them? Well, you know, one way is this voice on the radio. Somebody's going to hear this and say, I know the perfect person that would love to do this job to work with these kids to be that voice in the courtroom and have the time to be able to work from eight to four o'clock mm -hmm. and sometimes after that because you know kids have visits after four o'clock so you know you flex your time to work after those hours um so it's what that's one way 
we use a platform on uh, the internet called Indeed, so it is on Indeed as well. Um, and then it's word of mouth and Facebook, so you would find it there and on our website. Okay. So those All are right. ways that we get it out to the public. Okay. All right. So we need to get some people. How many do you need? So we need that position filled and then a position full-time one full-time position and it has insurance and benefits with it Um, and then I have a part-time position as well for a coordinator which this person would be part-time and you would help facilitate in writing the grant and then also overseeing those staff advocates get being the support to those staff advocates and also um, attending court if they couldn't attend court um, also helping file their court reports, things like that, just being that support to the staff advocates. So that's a part-time position within our office that's available as well. Can I throw a, a, a wrench in this yes. a little bit? And, and it, get, it gets me, let's say somebody's listening, they're interested, but they haven't gone through the classes at CASA or the training. Is that part of the agreement or how does that work? That is part of the training process. You, okay. you don't have to know anything about CASA. Okay, all right. Um, you don't have to know anything about um, the court process. Um, but if you have a passion for children and you have had maybe some social work background, an education background, um, criminal justice background, something like that, and you're interested, Put your application in. Or maybe you've started school, and then maybe something in your life changed. Um, you know, you started in education, or you started in social work, and then, you know, life happens. It does. And then, you know, you didn't get a finish for whatever reason. Now you're ready to start working for whatever, you know. It's just everybody has different things that happen in their life. Now it's time. Maybe this is your time. It's Give us a call or go to the website, knoxcountycasa.com, and maybe this is the opportunity for you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll have more after this. WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcasts welcome back to the morning chat with ed ballinger on 97.7 fm 1450 am waov and vincennes 97.3 fm in washington denise swink our guest casa of knox county and uh, you know one of the things you know that's you know we talked about a lot of serious stuff in that first segment but <laughs> but again you also have some fun don't you yes we do we like to get out in the community and um you know spread the awareness of what casa is and casa does but also you know have fun with the children in our community and one way that we can do that is our upcoming parking lot pumpkin patch that we um, partner with some local businesses and those local businesses are wabash food services Back to Health Chiropractic Wellness, and the Moosen Brothers, and the Moosen Brothers Farms. And they donated all these wonderful pumpkins, and we'll have rides, a bounce houses, food, hay rides. One of the most unique things that we had, and this is the second year that we're doing this, and if you didn't make it last year, you've got to come to this event because it when is, is so it? much fun. When is it? So this is October the 6th at from 5 to 8 o'clock p.m., so it's toward the evening. After you get off work, bring your kids, and I mean bring them all. They're going to have a fun time. One of the best things that you'll see out there is this log, and it has saddles on it, and this is a ride the kids can ride on, and this thing wobbles like you're on a horse. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, I've ridden a horse, and but never rode on a log that is like riding a horse. I mean, this thing wobbles down the road like you're on a horse. It's the coolest thing. So that's the log horse ride. Um, They get to paint pumpkins. There will be uh, food out there, lots of candy for the kids. But it is a donation. If you want to give a donation, all the donations will go to CASA. It's a 
you know, CASA will be the benefactor of uh, all the proceeds that are given at this event. But if you don't have um, a donation, understand, we want your kids to come out and have a great time. So we just appreciate the community and we want to give back to the community and this is one way to give back to the community so this is going to be located at the Wabash Food Services at 1075 East Ramsey Road in Vincennes on October the 6th from 5 to 8. Um, we do have a video on Facebook so you can go to Facebook and look for parking lot pumpkin patch or you can go to the Knox County um, CASA Facebook page and you'll find it on our Facebook page or Back to Hell's Facebook page, the same way with Wabash Food Services Facebook page. We put it out there on all those or Facebook event pages, um, and you can find it there. So we hope to have as many people out with their children. It's just a great time um, and just a way to give back to our community. Wow. Alex, how big is that log? It, it, you know, it fits probably, uh, I would say, about seven to ten kids on it and there's that many saddles on it it is the coolest thing i mean you see going down the road and they connect it to a tractor and take the kids on a ride and you can ride with your parent it is safe you know nobody was injured last year it's it's a great uh, you know they go very slow but it is a great time and it's a lot of fun um, but they have hay rides as well uh, for the whole family can ride on um and just games, but the bounce houses are fun. Um, and Casa will be out there doing games with the kids as well. Uh, they'll have a, a photo booth set up. You can get your family pictures taken with your family um, in a fall setting. Um, and so once again, it's at Wabash Food Services at 1075 East Ramsey Road in Vincennes, Indiana on October the 6th from five o'clock to eight o'clock. So hope to see you at the parking lot pumpkin patch. Wow. Wow. Okay. Thank you to your sponsors. That's great. Yes. Great stuff. Yes, great stuff. it is. Okay. And so this will be the second annual um, event. So looking okay. forward to continuing this event and giving back to the community. Yeah. Did you come up with this idea or somebody else? No. Um, actually, it was uh, Joe Gish and Dr. Daniels. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Good people. Good yes, people. Yes, great people. And they love to give back to the community, both... Um, are very civic-minded like that, and as well as the Musen brothers. Okay. My former bus driver. I mean, oh, they're Dennis? just... Yeah, Dennis Musen <laughs> was my bus driver whenever I was... They're a great, great family. Oh, yes, know. they are. That's good. That's good. Your former bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Little story. You want to hear this? Yeah, this sure. is a good one for the listeners. So uh, my mom, she won the Betty Crocker Award whenever she was in high school. She's a great cook, and she would make us breakfast sandwiches, you know, eggs and... Uh -huh. And I never liked that kind of breakfast. Uh -huh. I wanted the hostess uh -huh. kind of breakfast, you know, ding-dongs breakfast. And um, so whenever we get on the bus, the first one on the bus would give him the breakfast sandwich, and he'd eat that one. The second one on the bus, because there was three of us girls, and the second one on the bus, he would eat that one. The third one on the bus, went out, we'd throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's your moosin' brothers. <laughs> Breakfast sandwich on the ride, bus ride. To well, school. all right, all right. I remember asking Dennis about that. <laughs> okay, well, good. All right. So, again, that is October 6th. Yes, all October right. the 6th from 5 to 8. Hope to see you at the parking lot pumpkin patch at uh, Wabash Food Services on Ramsey Road in Vincent. Okay. Yeah. No throwing breakfast sandwiches <laughs> no no that was just a great story okay <laughs> from my childhood all right well, um, <laughs> wow dennis you're a little older than i thought <laughs> ed ed was also his brother ed uh was a bus driver as well so both of them drove our bus but okay. yeah all right <laughs> okay uh do you have any classes going on right now? Um, so we just had a graduation of three volunteers, and um, one of them has taken a case. To, the other two um, are going to wait for just a short little period of time. They want to do some more observation before they take a case. But we did have three swear-in um, just this the beginning of this month uh, on the 1st. And then um, we are gearing up to do another training. So if you're interested, please go to our website and uh, apply 
at knoxcountycasa.com. If you don't feel comfortable going on the internet to do that, you can also call us at 812-882-2108 or stop in our office at 112 North 7th Street in Vincennes. Okay. All right. Uh, and when are you hoping to get that started by? So, you know, it depends on the interest of the people who are... Because this one might be your last one this year, right? Yes, yes. Um, we do have one that we're doing with staff members. So we would just see if it, they would be available to do it with the staff members and get it in before the end of the year. If it doesn't work out, then the first of the year we could do it. Okay, I see, I see. It's just always accommodating our volunteers of when they're available. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. All right, so we encourage people to uh, at least think about it, or if you have any questions, ask. Maybe ask some volunteers. Now, how many volunteers do you have active right now? 21. That's, that's good. That's a good number. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they all have a case. Yes. Okay. They are all actively serving with the exception of the two um, new volunteers that aren't quite ready to take a case okay. yet. And right now we have 40 plus on the list. Yes. Um, we have 42 that need a volunteer. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay, got a couple more minutes. Anything else? So I just um, want to encourage you, if you've ever had an interest in CASA or want to know more about what court-appointed special advocates are and what we do, um, please reach out to us. It's now's just as good a time as any to give back to your community, especially these children that need a voice in the courtroom and to be the eyes and the ears of the judge. And um, you can do that several ways, like I've shared. Um, so go to Facebook, like our Facebook page, go to our website, knoxcountycasa.com. All right. Again, uh, just ask. <laughs> just, just ask, you know. Maybe it's for you, maybe it's not. But if you can't serve that way, there's other ways you can help out. Absolutely. Um, you know, spreading awareness about CASA or just um, being out in the community spreading that awareness is another way you won't you don't have to you know serve a child but you can serve our program all righty thank you as always denise and we'll see you next month yeah good to see you all right stay tuned midday edition is next on waov